If you're a parent, teacher, or school leader, and you're sick and tired of the frustration, anger, and unfair treatment of children at high risk in our public schools, then perhaps it's time for all of us to do something about it. In this podcast, Dr. Amitra Berry brings you tips, tools, strategies, and tactics to build successful solutions while touching, moving, and inspiring all of us to transform our schools so that every child thrives. Here's your host, Dr. Berry. Welcome back, Equity Warriors, and thanks for tuning in. We have some special episodes featuring amazing guests coming up. Those video podcasts will air first on my YouTube channel. So if you're not a subscriber there, look down in the notes for the link so you can watch those interviews. And I promise you, you will love my guests and learn from the information they share. So today, I had to look up this word in the dictionary so that I put myself in the right space. And I looked up the word spelled N-I-G-G-E-R. I found this under usage. The word, and it is spelled out in the text, has been used as a strongly negative term of contempt for a Black person since at least the 18th century. It remains one of the most racially offensive words in the language and is sometimes referred to as the N-word. The term has been reclaimed by some Black speakers and is sometimes used neutrally in reference to other Black people, especially in the form where the ending ER is replaced by the letter A. But this usage may still cause offense. Way back in 2014, the NAACP released an official position statement on the use of not only the word, but the substitute format of N-word. Included in that statement is this. The stigma of this word embodies and invokes painful memories and inhumane ill will. And countless individuals, including NAACP freedom fighters, have lost their lives due to the beliefs perpetrated by the use of this word. Now, I'm going to put a link down in the notes. If you want a copy of the NAACP's full statement, that policy, you'll have access to that. Now, maybe some of you have noticed the picture behind me. And if I do this, let's see, move the mic out the way and me out of the way. You can see that that is Ruby Bridges. And if you're familiar with the original image, the photograph that was captured of little Ruby walking to school with her two Secret Service escorts, you'll know that the word that was spray painted on the wall behind her is not the word queen that you see there. Now, the artist is Jeff Beckham of Chicago, and he you can find him at artbyjeffbeckham.com. Amazing work retelling, reframing our stories, as he has done here. The first time that I ever heard that word is seared into my memory. I was in the second grade, and I was walking home from school back in the 60s. You actually walked home from school, whether you were in kindergarten or first grade or, you know, all the way up. So I'm walking home from school, and I'm by myself. And this big white kid, a boy, walked up to me, and I would guess that he was probably a fifth or sixth grader. And for context, the school that I went to had maybe, maybe five Black people in the school, no Latinos that I remember. He walked up to me, and the vitriol, the hate that came out of his mouth and calling me that word terrified me. And I think in some ways traumatized me. The fact that I remember that I was seven years old 
And I remember that to this day. That word has power in it, and that power can be used for good or for evil. No white supremacists use it for evil. Racists use it for evil. And you're probably wondering, come on, Doc, what does this have to do with education? Well, let's start with our schools. Our kids hear and use this word every day. Teachers and administrators in our schools hear this word every day. Hopefully, they're not all using it every day. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. But there are numerous incidents of teachers using it, and these things are making it big in the public light. So here's just a few. 2016, a middle school teacher in Baltimore said to a group of eighth graders that they should focus on their education instead of wanting to be, and here's the quote, like punk ass in words, who's going to get shot. Fortunately, caught on video, teacher fired. Fast forward 2020, there were a slew of teachers in the Kansas City area, one in particular white teacher who taught history and African-American studies, used the word multiple times in a class of mostly black students. Bad enough that he used it. I was blown away that by the fact that this was somebody teaching African-American studies and you didn't have the common sense to not utter that word. Mostly black students, fortunately, fired. In 2021, a white teacher in Georgia was suspended after she asked her students if it was okay for her to use the word because she was dating a black man. There is so much wrong with that statement, but the students filmed it. They told her it was not okay. I don't care who you're dating. It's not okay. She was suspended. In 2022, Chicago, a 41-year veteran teacher was having a class discussion about offensive sports names. She was equating the, yes, racist, former name of the Washington football team to the N-word. But she said the word. She was caught on tape. She was fired. Thank you, Chicago Public Schools. Also, same year, Arlington, Texas, which is a suburb of Dallas, a substitute teacher admonished a student for using the name of Jesus in vain and said that using the name of Jesus in vain was just as abhorrent as using the N-word, only he used the word in class. And not only did he use it, when he was called on it by administration, he showed absolutely no remorse and in fact said, yes, I said the N-word and I'll say it again. As an addendum to that, he'll be saying it, or he is saying it from the unemployment line. March of this year, this month, a teacher in San Juan Unified, and San Juan is a suburb of Sacramento, California, this teacher used the word in front of other students and staff when telling students not to use the word. Now, as a classroom teacher, I've had to tell students not to use the word, but I didn't repeat the word when I told them not to use it. It's not necessary. Again, fortunately, fired. The job of educators is to educate. It means that because that word is present in our society, in our community, our kids hear it in music, they hear it in their neighborhoods. And I'm sure if you listen for a minute on the playground, you're going to hear it there. But educators' job is to educate on the word. That means, number one, teach the etymology of the word. Now, for those of you who are 
not like nerdy academics kind of like me. Etymology means the study of the origin of words and the way in which their meanings have changed throughout history, the way in which the word has been used throughout history. And this word in American history is about a history of white supremacy. It's about a history of lynching and economic suppression and exploitation. The word was used during segregation and discrimination. It was used in the context of literature or has been used in the context of literature. And I think probably the most fluent use of the word would be in Mark Twain's Huckleberry Finn, where it was used 219 times. And I know schools still use or still teach Huckleberry Finn. So you still might be wondering why this topic? Why today? Maybe I look a little ticked off because I am. Recently, I received a report of a high-ranking official in a public education agency using the word twice in a work setting. Now, fortunately, no students were involved. That doesn't make it okay. In fact, Black women were present, and that makes it, in my opinion, even worse. They defended themselves by saying they were telling a story about their biracial grandchild being bullied and someone at school using that word directed at the grandchild. That doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it okay that you use the word to tell a story about your biracial grandchild because you are still white. And you could have told the story with the same impact by saying the N-word or simply saying a racial epithet, a racial slur. Even worse, this person has been through my DEI trainings number of times, multiple times. Now, if you go to one of my sessions after the first day, you know that saying that word is not okay. If you've gone through multiple times, I have to wonder if your verbalized commitment to anti-racism is bullshit. And just because you have family that is black does not give you license to use that word. I have biracial children, but I would never use the racist slurs that are ascribed to their father's race. I wouldn't use them against him, not my current husband. I have a multiracial grandchild, beautiful child. I say he's truly America's child, but I would never use the racial slurs that are ascribed to his other parents' multiple races. Really, my family's kind of like the UN. We have every major ethnic group covered. We would not use those words that are derogatory towards any of their races. But back to the N-word. Most Black folks would agree that there are probably just three people, I'll say Black Twitter would probably agree, that there are probably three people in the American mainstream that could get away with using that word that we might, might give a pass to. Might. Michael Rapoport, who's an actor, who's married to a Black woman, if you're not familiar with him, check him out. His work has always been very pro-Black. You kind of had to wonder when you first saw him. Eh. But he is very supportive of Black people and a Black woman that he's married to. Gary Owen, Owen, no S, not Owens, the comedian who is also, well, was married to a Black woman. Not anymore. She gave him the boot. Has multiple biracial children. Will not use the word. And finally, the rapper Eminem, who's not married, but I, you know, I think if there's a white man that we've given a black card to, it's him. None of those men, none of those white men 
would use the word. And in fact, they publicly talk about why it is not okay for them to use the word. Their advocacy has always been against any non-Black person using the word. But I wonder, and I ask myself, why is it that white people seem to have such a hard time understanding that it is never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, okay for them to use the word? And the only thing that I could come up with is that they think it's okay because they're white. And in our society, that extreme exercise of white privilege has them thinking they can do anything and get away with it, or, oh, I'll apologize after and it'll all be okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. And not everything is in bounds to you. Just because you think you can does not mean it's okay. Just because you've been able to insert your voice into almost every context of American society doesn't mean it's okay. You can't have this word. You don't get to use that word. You created that word about 600 years ago for one reason and one reason only, and that was to dehumanize African people so you could use them for chattel for your economic benefit. You used that word when you beat us, chained us, insulted, lynched, or simply spat on us. You used that word as you sold off our children away from us, separating our families because you didn't believe we were human. You used it when you raped and humiliated our women. And throughout Jim Crow, you used it to keep Black folk in their place. Now, Black people as a whole may not be in consensus on whether or not even Black people should use the word. We're not all one monolith. We don't all think alike. Now, frankly, personally, I don't like the word. I don't use the word. But I did watch Chris Rock's Selective Outrage special on Netflix. And let me tell you, I laughed until my stomach hurt. So there's that. And still, while we may not be in consensus about whether or not Black people can or should use the word, we are all in agreement that the only people who can use that word, the only people who own that word, is us. Two things. One, if the organization that you work for, if the school that your children go to does not have a clearly written policy prohibiting the use of the word, you need to develop one. The word needs to be listed, written out, both the word and the N-word substitute if you follow the policy of the NAACP. Now, I would add to that, all racial slurs need to go. And there needs to be policy that says that that is absolutely not tolerable. But that word in particular has to be written out. There has to be clear disciplinary action for saying the word. That means at the least a suspension until it's investigated and if found to be true, a termination. It's kind of like you're either a racist or an anti-racist. There's no gray space in between. If you said the word, it is wrong. If you didn't say the word, then let's find out what happened. The only way to stop the use of the word, to stop that word coming out of the mouths of white people, is for it to have a personal financial impact. That means loss of job and income. That's one. 
Number two, if you are anything other than black, don't say the word. Don't use it, period, full stop. That's it. So check out your system's policies. Does your system have a policy? Let me know. You can respond in the comments directly on YouTube for this episode, or you can contact me by way of any of the social channels shown in the notes. Join me every week, either here on YouTube, if you're watching this, or wherever it is you get your audio podcasts. I would love to answer your questions and bring you experts to help address those topics. As always, let's not worry about the things that we cannot change, but let's change the things that we can no longer accept. And I'll see you next time. That's it for today's episode of the 3E Podcast. Head over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in a grand prize drawing to win a $25,000 value private VIP day with Dr. Barry herself. Be sure to head over to 3epodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Dr. Barry's gift. Then join us on the next episode.